thank you for your goodness running after us. We thank you that you take us from glory to glory. That you're not done with us where we are. And, and Lord, that should be comforting news. Because we give up on ourselves so much more than you do on us. God, I pray that this word would be well received and well understood. Um, that it's a challenge for myself as well. And that people here would know that. Lord, I just pray that we would challenge ourselves with what your word has to say regarding being honorable and specifically honorable towards authority. Um, in Jesus' name, amen. So there's a little precursor of what we're talking about tonight. Sermon title tonight is called Honorable. That's all I could really think of. It's not that fancy. <laughs> um, I got a lot of scripture, Katie. So hopefully it uh, doesn't drive you too crazy. <laughs> so I got a few names to, to share with you. Some of them might be familiar, hopefully a few of them, because they're mostly in the Bible. <laughs> One, Claudius, Nero, Nebuchadnezzar, Saul, Pharaoh, Herod. Who are these people? Can you guys tell me? Kings, authority. Some of them were kings. Obviously, one of them was a pharaoh, who was basically the Egyptian word for an emperor or king. Um, Saul was a king. What do all these people have in common? Any idea other than that they're leaders and kings? <laughs> not true, actually. Nero is not mentioned in the Bible. Yeah, absolutely. These people were wicked. They were described as doing some really terrible things. For example, Claudius is said in the book of Acts to be responsible for forcing the Jews out. I believe it was Rome. It's in Acts 18 if you want to check it out. And it just mentions them a few times um, to give us a reference of who was emperor in Rome at the time. It gives us some historical context. But he was responsible for forcing the Jews out of the city. And that was because of some unrest that was happening in the synagogue. It was actually between the Jews and the Christians. Primarily the Jews towards the Christians because they didn't like what they were saying. And so he just shoved them all out and Christians were put in that same pool of Jews until later on they found out, oh, they're not the same people. They actually hate each other. I should say the Jews hated Christians. Shouldn't have been the other way. We were commanded not to, right? So that's one. Obviously, Nebuchadnezzar is a big one. I mean, I, I don't know if I need to say much about him <laughs> to you guys. He was responsible for putting a golden image that everybody had to, to worship, right? And if people didn't do it, then he threw them into a fiery furnace which is the story in the book of Daniel. Um, he was a pretty brutal king during the Babylon time. We've got Saul. I'm sure all of us know here about his shortcomings and failures, which is why it was given to David. And then we've got uh, Pharaoh, who was responsible for, or many of them, obviously, but one of them was responsible for the mass slaughter 
of every male child in the nation of Egypt. Terrible, right? <laughs> I mean, that's a lot of people. And then he was also responsible that they believe is a different pharaoh, was responsible for the intentional genocide of an entire nation, the Jews, which is you know the exodus that we know about where they left Egypt and then, and then he was killed. Pretty bad track record of authority in the world, right? <laughs> and then there's Herod, of Kyle, who was you know, going into Christmas now. We, we know that he was somebody who heard about Jesus on the way, and he was the king of the Jews, didn't like that because it threatened him and his authority. And so he ordered all male babies, two and under, to be killed in Bethlehem, which it's not as many as Egypt. It's still terrible, right? All this to say, we are commanded to honor authority. Give honor to those that are in authority over us, wicked or not. First Peter, if you want to pull this up, Katie, in the ESV translation, First Peter chapter 2, verse 11 through 17. I hope you guys have your Bibles on you. Who has their Bible? Raise it. No paper Bibles. Man, you guys are millennials to the core. <laughs> All right, there might be a Gen Zer here or two. Either way, that's, that's funny. So First Peter 2 says, Beloved, I urge you as sojourners and exiles to abstain from the passions of the flesh, which wage war against your soul. Keep your conduct among the Gentiles honorable, so that when they speak against you as evildoers, they may see your good deeds and glorify God on the day of visitation. Be subject for the Lord's sake to every human institution, whether it be to the emperor as supreme or to governors as sent by him to punish those who do evil and to praise those who do good. For this is the will of God, that by doing good, you should put to silence the ignorance of foolish people. Who wants to do that? <laughs> Live as people who are free, not using your freedom as a cover-up for evil, but living as servants of God, honor everyone, love the brotherhood, fear God, honor the emperor. I shared this on Sunday. I don't know all of who was here. I think most of you were, right? Who wasn't here on Sunday? Raise your hand. <laughs> what, Katie? <laughs> well, honoring authority. I really, truly believe God is speaking very loud and clear in regards to this subject today. With everything going on in the world, specifically in our nation, he's, he's speaking loud to the church. I believe this word acts both as a correction for today, for maybe some of us, as well as a warning for tomorrow. I'm going to pray, and then understand my heart. I love you guys. I want us to run this race well. And living honorably is hard. It's really difficult to do. So let's pray. God, I thank you for your word. I thank you for your loving kindness towards us. God, that you, you have a way of being able to lift us up without flattering us.
as well as humbling us without humiliating us. And God, I just, I just pray that this word would challenge us, that it would con- convict us and be something that I know for myself it's been convicting to me. As I've studied this and, and looked into it, that it's, it's a challenging word and it's a difficult thing to live by. But God, I just pray for your grace on us to be able to walk in it. In Jesus' name, amen. Now, we're all believers here. At least, I think so. <laughs> Which is actually for the best, because this message really is for believers. <laughs> this message I have is for Christians, in the same way that Peter was writing to believers. And a lot of these passages that I reference, they're not written to unbelievers, but they're written to the church. Honoring authority can be easy at times and difficult at others. It's obviously easy when the authority is deserving of respect and difficult when they're not. Now, in light of this election, (laughs) on both sides, both people see the other person as totally undeserving of respect and honor, totally undeserving of what is due to them biblically, which we'll get into. Now, I want you to know I'm not endorsing any politician, <laughs> whether wh- whoever gets to become president. doesn't matter. Because whoever it is, we are to honor them, right? And if you don't believe that, I'll prove you wrong in a little bit. <laughs> so, it's, it's interesting how the one side sees the other side so much as the enemy, so often. No, you're the worst. No, you're the worst. No, you're the worst. I mean, we see that at the debates even, right? We see it all over Facebook. But we're, from a biblical standpoint, not even supposed to take part in those arguments. It's important to notice Peter's train of thought as you read this passage in 1 Peter 2. If you want to put it up there again, Katie. I don't know if all of it's going to be able to be on the screen. Probably not. But it's important to see this train of thought. We see that he starts with, we are exiles here on earth. We're foreigners. We're sojourners. That just means we don't belong here. This isn't our home. And Peter's addressing believers to remind them, this kingdom you're in is not the kingdom you belong to. You belong to a different kingdom that you're in as well as it's not yet here in its fullness. But your citizenship is in heaven. First and foremost, that's where your citizenship is found. Then he goes on from there to talk about warning not to give in to the passions of the flesh, but to be honorable, which is to do good. Live honorably, it says in some translations. And others say do good works. So it's interesting how one translation says honorable for that, and then others says good works. So what is honorable? I'll let you do that. (laughs) Figure that out. So he warns us not to give in to the passions of the flesh, but to be honorable. And then from there he says, to follow this, Peter explains, to submit to authority. I think it's no surprise that that follows, because there's a temptation not to, (laughs) which is a desire of the flesh, right? I would argue that it is. 
It's a temptation not to live honorably towards wicked authority. And it still is a temptation today. Do you guys know who the authority was that Peter was talking about during that time? Because he referenced the emperor, right? He says, honor the emperor. Which first he says, honor everyone. (laughs) And then he just gets more specific as he goes on from there to say, okay, don't forget, that means love each other in the church, love the brotherhood, obviously love God, fear him. (laughs) You need to honor him and then honor the emperor. He puts these distinctions. Because honor everyone is a blanket statement for who? Everyone, right? (laughs) But then he has to specify, hey, that means these people. That means the Lord your God. So fear God. Many scholars believe that it's Emperor Nero who was in charge of Rome at the time when Peter was writing this. I don't know if you guys know much about Emperor Nero. Who here knows him? Anybody? No? I'll give you a little history lesson. When I do this with the youth, they they start to fall asleep, so hopefully you guys know. (laughs) There was a guy named, I think it's Tacitus, T-A-C-I-T-U-S. I I, I don't know how to pronounce it, I'm not Roman. (laughs) But he was a Roman historian that was born in AD 55, and he wrote an account of the history of Rome at the time. Um, He was basically a um, scribe that was taking history. And he talks about Nero, and he gives us a window of Nero's view of Christians, as well as the view of Roman society at that time of Christians. I don't know if you know what that is, but let's take a look. In one of his writings about Nero, he says, Consequently, to get rid of the report, that is, uh, he was responsible for burning Rome, he was accused, and people believed him to be responsible for the burning of the city of Rome, which was after Peter wrote this to the church. First Peter. It says, Nero fastened the guilt and inflicted the most exquisite tortures on a class hated for their abominations called Christians by the populace. Accordingly, an arrest was made first made an arrest was first made of all who pleaded guilty and then upon their information an immense multitude was convicted not so much of the crime of firing the city as of hatred against mankind. Mockery of every sort was added to their death. Covered with the skins of beasts, they were torn by dogs and perished, or were nailed to crosses, or were doomed to the flames and burnt to serve as a nightly illumination when daylight had expired. Nero offered his gardens for the spectacle and was exhibiting a show in the circus while he mingled with the people in the dress of a charioteer or stood aloft on a car. Now this is obviously not an automobile car. Go, go look up what an ancient Roman car was. <laughs> Guys, Nero sucks. <laughs> I don't know if you caught everything that I said, but he was 
to get the blame off himself, which many, many, many people believe he was responsible for the burning of Rome so that he could rebuild Rome the way he wanted it, so that he could create it the way he desired with complete authority and total domination of the city to run it how he wanted to. And then he blamed the Christians for doing it, saying they were responsible to get the attention off of him because they were already hated by society. So people were going to take the bait so easily. So he says, no, it was the Christians. They did it. So there was just mass slaughter of Christians, which they were already being persecuted and killed for their faith. You obviously see that in the book of Acts if you just go read it. But this man was terrible. <laughs> he was way worse than any president we've ever had. Or, I would argue, potentially could ever have. Like, really? There's so many checks and balances in our nation's government that for somebody to become that <laughs> is pretty impossible in this nation. Now, I'm not saying it is for sure impossible. Who knows? It might come to that. But how did the believers live? Well, what did Peter say? Honor the emperor. After that? It's almost as if Peter himself was prophesying over what was to come. Because he wrote that in First Peter before the burning of Rome ever happened and the Christians got blamed for it. Isn't that interesting? Now, I want to make a distinction that honor and endorsement are not the same thing. We honor those in authority over us, but it does not mean we endorse them or condone their behavior. I want to make that clear. Okay? Because I believe that there's been a blurring of the two to be seen as to honor somebody, you have to endorse who they are, what they do, and how they live. Trump is not a perfect person. He has done some stupid stuff in the last four years. Joe Biden isn't perfect either. He's done some stupid stuff as well. Thank God they haven't done anything as stupid as Nero. But we are to live good lives. Good lives. Let me remind you what Peter said. He said, Be subject for the Lord's sake to every human institution, whether it be to the emperor as supreme or to governors. Honor everyone, love the brotherhood, fear God, honor the emperor. I really do believe that Peter was speaking prophetically of how the believers were supposed to live with what was coming up ahead, the days that were to come. Peter was martyred. A lot of people believe it was during the time when Nero started persecuting Christians and blaming them for what happened. But I got three, three points for you, or four points actually. <laughs> I had three and then God told me to put another one. I'm like, no, it's a three-point sermon, God. I can't do that. <laughs> well, the first one is honorable is doing good. When obedience to God 
is in opposition to obedience to the government, obviously we're supposed to honor God, right? But we can still honor God and the government without obeying the government if what they say is contrary to Scripture. You can see that in the book of Daniel, right? He honored the authority that was put over him, and it actually caused him to be exalted and put up into a high position of authority and save a lot of people, as well as be able to speak to the end times, which I'm grateful we have that today, right? But he devoted himself to the Lord, as well as still honored authority, even though what they told him to do wasn't biblical all the time. And he, in his devotion and faithfulness to God, protected him and took care of him. Now other people, I mean, that didn't happen. Think of all the people that were killed for their faith as believers in Rome, right? Like I said earlier, the, there's another translation. New Living Translation says, for good deeds, honorable behavior. Someone's dishonorable behavior does not condone you to live dishonorably too, towards them. That includes those in authority. This is a hard word for Americans because we like to flaunt our freedom all the time, right? Well, let's take a look at what those passions of the flesh are that Peter was mentioning. 1 Peter 2, he says that the passions of the flesh which wage war against your soul. Galatians chapter 5, and this is in the NIV, Katie. Galatians chapter 5, verse 19 through 21. If you guys are ever wondering what's not godly behavior, just go here. <laughs> this spells it out pretty simply. And this isn't the only place that lists some dishonorable behavior or sinful action. It says, The acts of the flesh are obvious. Sexual immorality, impurity, and debauchery, idolatry and witchcraft, hatred, discord, jealousy, fits of rage, selfish ambition, dissensions, or arguments leading to discord, that's what that means, factions and envy, drunkenness, orgies, and the like. I warn you, as I did before, that those who live like this will not inherit the kingdom of God. I find it interesting how Peter talks about passions of the flesh, and then gets into honor authority. Why does he do that? Well, would any of these fall under the category of not honoring authority? Because Paul never lists dishonor towards authority. He doesn't spell that out plainly and simply right here. I would say fits of rage towards authority. That wouldn't be good, right? <laughs> Dissensions, which are arguments leading to discord. Who's ever seen that online? Anybody? I mean, even in the government we see it, right? Selfish ambition. You could just say flat out hatred. I'm glad Paul put that one in there because that one's a pretty simple one. Many of you might be thinking, well, I don't deal with drunkenness. I haven't been having orgies. You guys aren't used to I can say that. <laughs> they would all put their heads down and be blushing by now. You might be someone who says, I don't struggle with anger. I don't have fits of rage all the time. Idolatry. 
But I'd say there's some people that have like, committed idolatry when it comes to politicians. I don't need to go into that anymore. But really, th- th- some of these definitely fit towards dishonoring authority. Don't do this. Don't be filled with hate towards your authority over you. And we, as people who vote people into office, I think we do that. When the person we didn't vote for gets elected, we say, well, I don't have to honor them. I didn't vote for them. No, that's not true. That's not right. That's not biblical. You don't honor your vote. You honor your authority. Simply put. Hopefully none of you guys struggle with this. <laughs> but if you guys see this stuff happening, I mean, honestly, you can call it out. If you know they're believers, I wouldn't flat out embarrass them, but give them a call. Hey, I heard you talking like this. Let me share some scripture with you. <laughs> Honor and endorsement, let me say that again, are not the same thing. We see that in Daniel. They didn't show this pattern of disrespect and inappropriate behavior. Who are office fans here, anyway? (laughs) Did you guys catch that one? But really, they didn't show this dishonor towards evil authority even. Guys, go read the accounts in the Old Testament. Some of the people that they were under the authority of were terrible, terrible people. And there wasn't dishonor towards them. And those that did have dishonor towards them, it didn't turn out well for them most of the time. But we see those that were honorable towards them, such as Esther, such as Daniel, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, David, who if anybody had a right to kill Saul, it was him, (laughs) just for defending himself. But he never lifted a finger against him. He lifted a sword against his robe while the man was relieving himself. (laughs) But these people that are in the Old Testament, you you see this honor that they had towards authority because it was God-given. It was commanded. It was mandated. (laughs) Who here has heard that word this year? Point number two. And this is the one that I feel like God gave me and I'm like, I don't want to talk about that one. (laughs) Honor, living honorably, honorably is not free from suffering. And I think as Americans, we have this expectation as believers and Americans that if we honor somebody in authority, we won't deal with suffering because they're the ones that push the suffering out. They're the ones that put out the punishment. That's what it says in Scripture. So I don't know if I'm going to be reading that portion. But 1 Peter chapter 3, which is the next chapter, verse 13 through 17 says, Who is going to harm you if you are eager to do good? But even if you should suffer for what is right, you are blessed. Do not fear their threats. Do not be frightened, but in your hearts revere Christ as Lord. Always be prepared to give an answer to everyone who asks you to give the reason for the hope that you have. How many people need that right now? But do this with gentleness and respect, keeping a clear conscience so that those who speak maliciously against your behavior, your good behavior, 
like burning an entire city down, in Christ may be ashamed of their slanders. For it is better, if it is God's will, to suffer for doing good than doing evil. As I would argue, we don't really know how to suffer well in this country as believers. Like, really, I, I know for myself, I don't, Com- compared to the people in the Bible, compared to the early church, we don't know what suffering even is, compared to other people in this world that are getting killed for their faith in terrible, terrible ways. The word I felt like God gave me during the summer was forbearance. For the church of today, fruit of the spirit that we need to exercise, forbearance, which is being able to endure what is difficult without complaining. Ugh, I don't want to do that. <laughs> but it's so true, guys. I mean, I think of just the mass situation. We complain so much about a, a piece of cloth, which, yeah, it's annoying and it sucks, but I mean, they're not putting tape over our mouths. <laughs> The authority that was put over the Roman Empire, they were told to do even worse things than that. Jesus addressed it to the Jews at the time, who hated the Romans, mind you. Of if somebody asks you to take their stuff for one mile, take it for two. And he was talking about Roman soldiers who had the authority to tell anybody, take my stuff for a mile, carry it, I'm tired of doing it. And he said, carry it too. Guys, suffering is honorable. Suffering for Christ is seen as honorable. And you're blessed for it. As I was reading about Roman society during this time of Peter, Romans had a love for Violence and bloodshed, whether it was the gladiator games. That's why Nero did what he did. (laughs) People weren't disgusted by people burning to light the city at night. But gosh, that's disgusting. (laughs) That's not happening to us. And imagine knowing that it was one of your friends. Suffering is an honorable thing for the Lord. But it's suffering, which means it's painful. Suffering assumes there's pain involved, right? I would say this this year has really showed the church how to suffer, that we need to learn endurance that we need to learn what it means to suffer for Christ. To do things that we don't want to do. Because really, wearing a mask is not specified as unbiblical. It's not worshiping God? Yes, absolutely. Obviously, if it gets to that point, like it has in California a few times, (laughs) that's not right. I don't think that that's right. But if they say to wear this thing, I mean, fine, I'll do it. <laughs> Don't do it for yourself. Don't even do it for them. 
do it for the Lord, right? Do everything to the glory of God. The next point I have for you guys is honorable is obligated or commanded. This idea of being submissive to authority isn't something that's only briefly talked about. Let me give you a few passages here. I'll fire hose you for a second, okay? <laughs> Romans chapter 13, verse 1 and 2. And I'm also going to do 5 and 7. You don't have to follow along, Katie, if you don't want to. It's, I, might, I might go quick. Okay. So let every person be subject to the governing authorities, for there is no authority except from God. And those that exist have been instituted by God. Therefore, whoever resists the authorities resists what God has appointed. And those who resist will incur judgment. Therefore, one must be in subjection, not only to avoid God's wrath, but also for the sake of conscience. For because of this, you also pay taxes. There it is, Stuart. For the authorities are ministers of God, attending to this very thing. Pay to all what is owed to them. Taxes, to whom taxes are owed. Jesus said that, mind you. He's quoting him. Revenue to whom revenue is owed, respect to whom respect is owed, honor to whom honor is owed. Now based off of that, in connection with what Peter said, who is honor owed to? Authority. Everyone. Yeah. Who do we give honor to? Everybody. And living honorably is what? Doing good. Do good to everybody even those who hate you and persecute you. For my name's sake, that's what Jesus said. Next one, Hebrews 13, verse 17. Have confidence in your leaders and submit to their authority because they keep watch over you as those who must give an account. Do this so that their work will be a joy, not a burden, for that would be of no benefit to you. My interpretation of that is, do you want a leader who doesn't enjoy what they do? <laughs> or do you want them to see it as a burden over you? We have a choice in the matter of whether they're going to have it be a joy to them to be authority over us or not. And when they're not having a joy of authority over us, what happens? Not good things, I'll tell you that. <laughs> so that would be of no benefit to you. Titus, chapter 3, verse 1 and 2. Remind the people to be subject to rulers and authorities, to be obedient, to be ready to do whatever is good or honorable, right? To slander no one, to be peaceable and considerate and always be gentle toward everyone. Last one. Romans 8, verse 12. Therefore, brothers and sisters, we have an obligation but it is not to the flesh to live according to it. That's that we're obligated to live by the Spirit. And one part of that is obedience and submission to authority. Guys, I don't enjoy talking about this. I'll tell you now. When God gave me this word to share, I'm like, oh yeah, that's awesome. But no, I don't want to talk about that. I want to hear about it. I want Tim to preach on it. <laughs> I don't want to preach on it. 
This is a hard way to live. It's not easy. It's difficult. Especially when somebody doesn't deserve respect or deserve honor. But Jesus lived honorably, and he lived honorably towards us and did the most honorable thing, which is lay his life down for us, right? He set an example for us to follow. My last point for you guys is honorable is not complete freedom, how we as Americans understand it. This is a big one for me. Jesus, in Mark 10, verse 42 through 45, says, says to his disciples, he called them together, and this was after they were arguing amongst each other who was better than the others. Who's going to sit next to Jesus and be the big shot? It's just, just not an honorable argument at all. <laughs> totally dishonorable. I wish I could have seen the face of Jesus then. What was his look? But anyways, he says, You know that those who are regarded as rulers of the Gentiles lord it over them, and their high officials exercise authority over them. His way of saying, you guys are no different than everybody else. It's supposed to be different. Has nothing I've said and done <laughs> meant anything to you? <laughs> so he says, not so with you. Instead, whoever wants to become great among you must be your servant. And whoever wants to be first must be slave of all. That's some intense language. Slave of all. For even the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve, and give his life as a ransom for many. If I haven't stepped on any toes yet, I'm going to now. <laughs> so many times this year I've heard from people, whether it be on social media, whether it be in person, whether it be people I know and love or not, <laughs> I'm free and I know who paid for that freedom. I know my rights. You can't make me do this. <laughs> Guys, as believers, we lay down our rights. We give them up. We say, it's not my will, but yours. What do you want me to do? Well, based off of a lot of the scripture I fire hosed you with, is to obey authority. Unless it opposes what Jesus said, right? Unless it opposes what he tells us to do. I've heard, this is America, it's the land of the free. We in America talk about our freedom more than William Wallace ever did. <laughs> I'll just, that's how I feel. People often quote this verse when talking about their freedom as American citizens. Galatians 5 verse 1 says, It is for freedom that Christ has set us free. Stand firm then, and do not let yourselves be burdened again by a yoke of a mask. Just kidding. <laughs> yoke of slavery. Guys, I hate those things. <laughs> I'm just, I don't want you to think I love them. I don't. I hate them. I can't wait till we don't have to wear them. And I'm praying it comes soon. <laughs> Guys, 
Paul was not talking to Americans <laughs> about their constitutional rights. He was talking about a slavery to sin. You're free to not live under slavery to sin anymore, but you're slaves of righteousness. Check out what he says just a few verses down. Same chapter, Katie, verse 13 and 14. says, You, my brothers and sisters, were called to be free, but do not use your freedom to indulge the flesh. Which we heard about what that was, right? Selfish ambition, hatred, jealousy, fits of rage, drunkenness, idolatry, witchcraft. You guys don't struggle with witchcraft, right? Hopefully not. <laughs> but not to indulge the flesh. Rather, serve one another humbly in love, for the entire law is fulfilled in keeping this one command. Love your neighbor as yourself. It's Interesting how he just skips past the first commandment, which is to love God. Because if you love your neighbor as yourself, you're loving God. Because he said, as you do unto the least of these, you do unto me. Love your neighbor as yourself. First Peter 2, 1 Peter 2.1 says, So put away all malice and all deceit and hypocrisy and envy and all slander. Yeah, there's lots of slander going on in the world today. Are you taking part in it? There's lots of slander going on in the world today in regard to this election. I don't know who's going to be president. I don't. A lot of people think, they think that they know who on both sides. <laughs> but regardless of who made president, how are you going to live? How are you going to live your life? Is it going to change your day-to-day Actions as a believer. Are you going to suddenly stop serving one another and loving people? <laughs> if Joe Biden's made president? If Trump's made president? The thing, when I say these things, whoever's expected to be president, the people that don't want him are the ones that get mad with what I say. <laughs> I've had it on both sides. I say one thing when Trump's president, and I know people that hate Trump with a passion, they get all mad at me. And now that Joe Biden's projected to be president, projected, I didn't say he's going to be. I don't know if he is. Now all the Trump supporters are like, you can't say that. Trump's not going to be president. It doesn't matter. It doesn't change how we live. Being honorable is doing good. It's also knowing suffering might happen. But suffering will happen if you do not do good, if you do evil. <laughs> that is given by Peter. He says, that's what authority is for, is to punish those who do wrong. So if you do wrong, you will suffer for sure. If you do good, you'll suffer, but you'll be blessed too. That's what he says. So I challenge you guys, what... What expectations do you have on yourself of how you're to live? How have you been living? I know for myself, I'll, I'll be vulnerable and honest with you guys. Years ago, when Obama was made president the first time, I took part in slandering him. I took part in speaking ill of him. I was not honoring him. And I did it along with my parents. 
And now later on, I'm like, gosh, why did I do that? I mean, sure, the man wasn't perfect. But based off scripture, he was put there by God. As much as we believers who didn't vote for him want it, not believe that. <laughs> but how are you going to live? I feel like this is a correction for now if you're not honoring authority, like I wasn't. As well as it's, it's a warning in the same way that Peter was warning believers, honor the emperor, even if he blames you for the burning of this city that he burned himself. Honor the emperor. Now guys, that's difficult to do. It implies suffering them, especially if they're wicked, right? It implies challenges. It's not easy. Katie, if you wanted to come down, and I, I figured we'd do the last song. And I just want you guys to, to think, about, think about this. Allow God to search your heart. In the same way David said, search me, O God, and see if there is anything in me that is not of you. If there's anything that grieves your heart, anything I've done, any behavior, any thoughts that have not been of you. Purge me with hyssop. It means just get rid of it. Remove those things from me. While we're in this song, I want you guys to to do that. Spend time with the Lord and hear what He has to say. This is a challenging word for me too. And I don't know what next year holds, but I hope it's going to be better than this year. <laughs> but hey, it, it might not be. Right? Hopefully it is better. But if it's not, do not grow weary in doing good. That's what the Bible says. Live honorably among the Gentiles. It's another word is among unbelievers. Be careful in how you walk. Not as unwise, but as wise. Being able to give an account for the good that you do. Remember, it's, it's not your job to bring vengeance and justice. Leave that to the Lord. And sometimes he uses authority in this world to do that. So take some time, spread out. Let's do the last song. You want to go up there? <laughs> go ahead. I'll pray as they're coming on up. Lord, I just, I pray that we would live honorably. And one way we live honorably is living vulnerably with you, opening our heart up to you, allowing you to speak into us. Allow the Holy Spirit to bring correction, bring exhortation, bring a rebuke, 
God, it says in your word that you oppose the proud, but you give grace to the humble. You will exalt the humble, but you will humble the proud. God, help us to be people that live honorably. We honor the authority and know that we have hope for the future. No matter what tomorrow may bring, that we have a hope that is not in anyone here on earth. It's not in any authority here. It's in you. And that authority gives us hope that the world craves right now and they need so desperately. God, help us to to live this way. In Jesus' name, amen.